Welcome to the Other Side of the Mountain podcast series brought to you by Mount Tam Media. I'm your host, Tammy Larson. Join me and a cast of amazing co-hosts as we share the stories and perspectives from those we consider hidden treasures, including never-before-discovered people from all walks of life who, by either living through extraordinary circumstances or just born with transcendental qualities, have gained or possess information that must be heard. Our hope is that listeners, as they journey with us to the other side of the mountain, will be inspired to make positive change in their lives, breaking free of tired box thinking and embracing one that's spherical and unified. Hi, stuff. <laughs> so welcome to our very first Other Side of the Mountain podcast series. This is very exciting for me. I'm Tammy, the founder of Mount Tam Media. I'm here with the amazing Stephanie atkinson Swartz, who's going to be an ongoing co-host with us on this show. And this is part of uh, a few podcasts under our umbrella. We have The Women Are Smarter, which some of you may have listened to and Tales from the Green Room. But this one has been sort of something we've been talking about for quite some time. And I think it's time. I think the timing in this world where everybody seems to kind of be, you know, in these different lanes and kind of, you know, oversensitized with things that, you know, maybe aren't the healthiest <laughs> ways of uh, intaking information. It's time for some discussions with people who actually have a different perspective on everything. But Steph is not only, she's a multidisciplinary artist and consultant for sure, but she's also a professional photographer. She received a BFA in photography from Syracuse University. But she's also an Emmy Award winner for Outstanding Achievement in Television Design, and I could go on and on. But I think, more importantly, what really led to, to this coming to fruition was meeting Steph a couple of years ago. And we met by chance. It was a, It's a funny story, which maybe we'll get into later. But when I first met her, I, I started learning a little bit more about the work that she's doing now, her amazing photography. But in the process, learned that some of the stuff that I was looking at had not been manipulated in any way. Then we started having more discussions just about the way Steph views the world, her alternative way of seeing things, beautiful way of seeing things. And that led to some all-night discussions and ultimately to where we are today in starting this very important discussion about getting to the heart of different perspectives and a different way of looking at the world. I think what was fascinating to me is that after meeting Steph and seeing everything that she was doing and, and being just in awe, I found out that she had uh, learning disabilities that were not understood certainly back when she was growing up, but certainly resulted in her seeing the world through a different lens. For instance, one of the disabilities is a condition known as synesthesia, which is when senses come together in unexpected ways. And I think a lot of people have always felt that this was, again, a, a disability. But now many musicians and artists like Pharrell Williams and Maggie Rogers and Lord, they're all talking about it. And it's now being considered somewhat of a gift and what makes their work, Steph being no exception to providing the world with this beautiful art. And wow, it's just so exciting. I was recently at a uh, one of Steph's 
exhibits here at a local gallery, Fez, and it was amazing. I know that none of her work was manipulated, her photography, but the other people in the room didn't. And so when they found out watching the the surprise and then listening to her discuss exactly, you know, how and, and the way that she was able to see, it was fascinating. And so you know, we're so excited to have her as part of this. And Steph, I mean, I think this is probably a good time to, to bring you in and, and uh, tell, tell everyone about some of the work that you're doing and, and, you know, kind of what led to this based on, on everything that you've been through and learned. Thank you, Tammy, for that beautiful introduction. And as you know, I've been working on ways to share this information for decades, actually. Yes, I do actually know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and a note, I just want to just uh, pull, pull back and just say that you spoke of my learning disabilities, and I'm just going to widen the field up front and call it neurodiversity. And, you know, I've been wanting to introduce others to those I've met along the way whose own life experiences and neurodiversity has them on the peripheral of the mainstream of education and perception. And I'm just so glad that we are here right now, bringing it into the mainstream. And yeah, I just keep thinking about Einstein saying we can't solve problems by using the same kind of thinking we used when we created them. And boy, do we need new ways of solving these world problems now. So just to answer the question about what I'm doing, coming back to that. I mean, you have a body of work, right, called Wonder? Isn't that, that yeah, why don't you talk about that? So what, I, what I'm working on is many things, but, you know, this project you spoke of, Wonder, that really stemmed, and it's like Wonder, we're away for the cosmos to know each other, Wonder, we're nature, you know, it's, it's, it really stemmed from sensory integration therapy that I went through because I didn't have full-on stereo vision. My ears weren't working properly. I wasn't tracking properly and my eyes were spread apart. So I had this way of seeing in the world that had a childlike feel to it. Basically, you know, that, that body of work came from the sensory integration. It came from a music video I saw, which was called We Are All Connected. And it was um, Melody Sheep. And they took the Cosmo video with Carl Sagan and cut it into pieces for a music video. And I learned science in that and learned an interconnectedness. And Richard Feynman was talking about the light bouncing around the room. And because I see that light bouncing around the room, I wanted to share that. And this is an expanding body of work because it is about feedback loops. It is about our sensing and our senses. It is about, you know, the capacity we have as a human species. And it's about other species. You know, it's like some of the time I tune to other species. Like we can tune to anything. We have these mer neurons in us and that's how we were as babies. So like that wonder state is a state like we all wish we could still have. And it's all there, you know, it's like, what are we attending to? What are we tuning to? And so, you know, that to me, you know, has been an ongoing thing. And, you know, also through like teaching workshops on seeing more, you know, for photographers or not, like with a phone or not, you know, it's like, you know, or how to capture what you see. So basically like this, you know, experiential and experiences and those kind of things. Well, I mean, I know one of those things um, that I've been wanting to do for quite some time now and definitely plan to whenever I get a second free is your monofinning classes. So you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah. So I've been, yeah, I have been doing research to learn how we can grow as a species. And also because I see sound in vibration, I've had a dream of capturing visually the sound of dolphins, which people say I can't do. 
And after seeing a friend monofin, which is like two feet in a fin, I would, and I do, spend time spinning and playing in the water in a way that, you know, it's not just going back and forth. It's like playing and playing in the water and like through that, like breath work, oxygenating blood so I could stay under longer and blowing bubbles underwater so that we can communicate and play with them when we're with them in the wild. And there's so much to learn from embodying species. Also because of this research that I'm doing, and I believe that because dolphins' eyes are further spread apart and because my eyes were further spread apart and the way that I had to pull them together really affected my way of seeing. It really has a huge impact. And I, I really believe that like how the optic nerve and our nervous and sensory systems work together, there's so much to learn from that. I know that you were asking earlier about me. You had spoken about the manipulation of images and video. Right, exactly. And, you know, I just to speak to that, because I know you brought that up before, is that I made a real conscious choice to not manipulate this work because I'm really trying to show how I see. You know, I am really showing how I see and because others don't see this way, they don't recognize it. So they assume that it's been manipulated. And, you know, like I might do a little color correction and on some of my videos, a little editing, but you know, I'm, I'm, and I'm also showing time and different things. And it's, you know, sometimes I'm using a technology, but it's in real time. Like I'm playing with things in real time. So if you were standing beside me and you saw something that I created, you would be in awe because you're like, how'd you do that? Yet, like if you see it and you think it's manipulated, it might not have the same impact. And I think that's what you're really speaking to of people being really surprised at the time that it wasn't done after the fact. Right, exactly. And, you know, you know, because of my past work in television, you know, I know what it takes to create what I'm creating after the fact. And that's not, you know, it's not my interest. I, I want to work organically right. and I love the real-time experience. And so, you know, I've definitely, like, I also know that I'm only capturing a fraction of what I'm picking up and mm -hmm. the tech doesn't even exist to capture the way and the colors and how I see. Right. And so I've always stayed on the forefront of technology and actually speaking on this platform now may connect me with those who can help create it with me. Yeah, well, that's that. Those are definitely our goal. And um, I'm glad we finally made it here. And, you know, another thing, I, I've just always loved your perspective on light. Can you can you talk about that for a second? Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things about light I know is that I look at the sun, you know, I I'm always looking to the light and a lot of people aren't there taught not to. So I mean, I really can relate to some Van Gogh's painting, Van Gogh's paintings per se, and the motion and emotion of color and light because I really see undulating fields continually moving like that energy itself is, you know, I can be looking at light on the ocean and, you know, somebody near me might see white light hitting the ocean. It's so bright, you know, and there's ways I can hold my eyes that I see undulating fields of color that are so bright and gorgeous and moving and I can hold them in different ways. And if I really showed people the trajectory of what my eyes were pointing toward, they would see it too. They do. It happens all the time. And I think it's just like sort of like how we hold our eyes and light. And, you know, there's times that I've had a few, you know, at least four people who are legally blind tell me that they see light in ways that I see light. If I close my eyes and I walk through the woods and light through the trees is coming through, like I feel like it's writing on my eyes, whether my eyes are open or closed. And so I, I feel like there's so much, there's just so much with light. And, you know, even like 
white shadows and you know from glass on the water you know and moving and sound and light and it's just like it's all here it is that um response to Richard Feynman again about the light bouncing around the room and I I really feel that that you know that's it's just there's so much understood I feel and there's so much to explore on these things I love it and you know didn't for some reason I'm remembering didn't you have a crazy experience when you were like two years old yeah I did I had a crazy experience when I was two you know, it informed me of a lot of things and some that I just spoke to, which is, you know, I, I went up to the television to turn the sound up all the way because I couldn't hear it. And what I experienced was, you know, and it was a time when television had tubes, so they responded differently. And, you know, I saw the water on the glass and, you know, I experienced light and sound through my body. And, you know, it it was like I was in awe. It was like I was watching the light undulating and emulating from the TV and I saw a sound. It's just like I saw the sound. I felt it through my body. It was this the most beautiful experience, you know, and it was pretty much when my mom learned that I was having a hard time hearing because, you know, I turned it up all the way and I was standing there, you know, but it really taught me that sound is vibration and it's a full body experience, as I said before. And, you know, then, and then the ears, like thinking of like hearing loss mainly in our ears, which is like such a small input for perception to come through and sound to come through. It's like this full body multi-layer experience and we're trying to just put it through one sense, which doesn't make sense to me. So yeah, it was a wild experience. And it, you know, it, it's sort of like, I also have these experiences where like I can feel movement in this way. Like, you know, if birds are flapping and cars are moving and someone's on a bike and like, I have the experience of feeling all that like in the field. It's, it's like an odd thing to say, but like, it's, you know, it's kind of like a tuning that's unique and these ways in which these senses overlap, you know, it's, they were called conditions yet, you know, I just think that like throughout time, artists and musicians and empaths have been having multisensorial experiences and if when we just start exploring all this stuff now, like we can realize like it's, it's probably always been, and it's part of our unique creativity as humans that we all have these different ways of using these sensory systems. Yeah, that that's really, it's crazy. I didn't, I hadn't really thought about that, that, you know, we're making these hearing aids that going in this one part, but when you put it like that, that we experience sound in so many different ways, it's like, wow. You know, it's like we're using our whole senses in these ways, but we we kind of speak about it in this way that just you can't really be spoken in these words. And like, you know, when we don't think it exists, then people don't express it and it shuts down before it's even explored. I really feel that this way of thinking of us as, you know, individual, like our parts as individual, rather than like the whole extraordinary species we truly are, you know, has barely been tapped collectively. Right. I just feel like, you know, that... There's just so much to uh, to learn from this. And, you know, for myself, like I didn't have what was called full stereo vision. Mm-hmm. And I know that I had like such a hyper dimensionality. And so for someone who, you know, when you think full, oh, they don't have stereo vision, then you think they see the world flat. Right. And that wasn't the case for me. It just took me a really long time to get from, it was like a manual camera lens mm-hmm. where I had to focus on each thing for dimensionality. And I learned that someone, Stereo Sue is her name, she fixed hers and not surgically. Mm -hmm. So like that planted a seed that I knew it was possible. 
And in knowing it was possible, I was able to do it too. And I think that's the thing is like, when we realize that so much taught is a limitation of thinking, right? then we can understand that we're, you know, as, and we're here really to plant as many seeds as possible so that we can gather those who have more information to add and we can support families with kids who need support because they may have a chance to be our leaders if we get moving to the self-preservation and, and regenerative actions. Yeah, like we totally, we all have these gifts to add. And some people like it's their life experience that taught them and some whose life experience supported them so well that they feel inspired to support others, you know, like this project, like of sharing about this, this podcast, like, you know, we can really help define some things and help folks who, who don't normally get support at all. Right. Well, that's the hope, right? That is the hope. Yeah. I keep thinking about uh, this artist, Brian Andreas, who he draws and each of his drawing has this beautiful saying. And there's one that I have and it says an angel came. I mean, I'm not quoting it perfectly, but an angel came and said, if we fail this time, it's a failure of imagination. And she placed the world in the palm of my hands. Wow. And, you know, every time I would see that, I think, you know, that's where we're at. Like creativity is our birthright, I believe. And like imagination is what we need now. And this really is the time right now. Totally. Oh, my gosh. Steph, thank you so much. I'm, you know, so just so everybody knows, Steph is definitely going to be co-hosting many more of our of our shows. And boy, do we ever have a lineup of guests that you're bringing on. And it's it's just awesome to be able to get a view from the other side of the mountain. And please, everyone out there, subscribe, comment, check out Steph's work using the links that we provide. And if you have any questions, and you can also go to Mountain Town Media to get more more information and listen to other podcast series that we have. So anyway, we're so happy to finally be here and uh, we'll see you on the other side. <laughs> Thank you. Falling down on me, I said I will walk along these hillsides In the summer neath the sunshine I am feathered by the moon.